welcome to The Last Track, where we help people showcase the last track of their life story in their final wishes. I am your host, Brian Norris, the co-owner of Bateman Funeral Home in Newport, Oregon. Just like a song can bring you back to a day, a time, and a memory, so too can a well-planned service. administration in Lincoln County for about 20 years and I could talk until you all lose consciousness about this particular subject I'll try and keep it brief it is important that you talk to your family about what your plans are not only with regard to how your remains are going to be disposed of but with regard to how your assets are going to be disposed of as well failing to plan is planning to fail and if you have the very simplest situation, if you've been married to your spouse for 50 years and you have two children who are the children of the two of you, that's so simple a situation that you almost could get away with not doing any planning. There are relatively few of you in the room, I think, who are in that situation. Brian mentioned the unmarried partner. An unmarried partner in Oregon has no rights, essentially. So if you have been together with somebody for 25 years and for some reason you've opted not to get married, you absolutely need a plan in order to protect that person and make sure that he or she is taken care of when you pass away. Essentially, every, anything that is a little outside of that standard, you know, husband, wife, 2.6 kids, married forever kind of situation will raise issues and you can either deal with those issues now or your family's going to have to deal with those issues after you're gone. And it is very sad to see families that are breaking up or on the verge of breaking up because they have controversies over things that mom or dad could have made clear. So, the other thing that I want you to know about estate planning is there is more bad information in the world about estate planning than there is bad information about sex in the junior high school. <laughs> it literally is that bad. So you need a plan. Now, a plan is an organized series of steps, an organized series of decisions that reach a goal. You need to identify your goals and then create a plan that gets to your goal. And you have to commit to that plan. I very frequently see people who had a will done five years ago. And in the intervening five years, they have done things that defeat the plan that's set forth in that will. How you own property matters. Your will only transfers those things that you own, just you. But you have opportunities to name beneficiaries for bank accounts, brokerage accounts. If you name beneficiaries, that account isn't going to be a part of your will. So you can have a will that says all to my three kids. And then you name 
one kid is a beneficiary of the largest account, and now you've essentially skewed your estate plan. So there are a lot of a lot of very popular strategies. Creating the joint account, the joint bank account, is a very popular strategy, and it will defeat your estate plan because under the law there is a presumption that the surviving joint owner of the account owns the account. It doesn't get to your estate. It doesn't become part of your probate estate. It doesn't pass according to your will. So you need to be very careful to understand your plan, commit to it, stick to it. This is true in spades if you have elected to use a revocable living trust as your estate planning vehicle. It requires that you administer that trust during your lifetime because the trust only affects those assets that are owned by you as trustee of the trust. And this is a little bit weird. The, the Oregon Supreme Court says that if you can demonstrate the intent to transfer an asset to the trust and it's in the trust, the banks can't go that way. The bank needs to go by what you've done on the signature card with the bank. And if it doesn't say me as trustee of my trust, it's not in the trust. They can't deal with it that way. And you need to go asset by asset and make sure all of my assets are held by me as trustee of the trust. Otherwise, you end up with the trust administration and the probate. And now where you thought you were saving costs by avoiding probate, you've just doubled your costs. One of the things, I guess most of you know, I'm also a volunteer firefighter. And one of the things I've learned working with the fire department is you plan ahead you plan not for what you think is going to happen, but you plan for whatever could happen. And your plans are always based on good information. You can't just off the cuff think, well, I, I, I'm pretty sure I made beneficiaries on my IRA. It's not good enough. You need to know. You need to find out. And either, either you can do that or your long-suffering daughter can do that after you've passed away. And she may find out lots of bad information, lots of things that didn't fit into what you thought was the plan. You have to have a plan, you have to commit to the plan, so you know it's usually not possible to make very many changes after you've passed away, because um, our judges have a lot of good uh, electronic equipment. They can they can deal with things by Skype and by email, but you are going to be out of the service area. <laughs> you not reachable. And so somebody who's going to say, mom wanted this, there's no way to verify that. The way you verify that is by making a will that says mom wants this. If you don't have one, if you don't have a plan in place, then who knows what's going to happen. The advanced directive is the health care directive. It allows you to name a health care representative who makes all health care decisions for you if you can't communicate. Uh, so you know there is a new form as of January 1st. If you sign the form prior to January 1st, it's still valid. But there is a new form. If you pick up one at the hospital today, I'm guessing that it's not right because we've been, uh, estate planning attorneys have been emailing back and forth and going, do you have a form? <laughs> so there is a new 
fans directed form. One of the things I like about it, it is it allows you to just go as far as naming a healthcare representative, and it does not make you go through all of those crazy end of life decisions that frankly, a lot of my clients just didn't even want to deal with it. So they didn't have an advanced directive, but you name a healthcare representative and you give that person, that trusted person, the, the power to make uh, the decisions and you will be fine. And kind of the last thing, because I mentioned the person with the power to make decisions, that's really the key aspect to your estate plan. Who's in charge? Make sure that the it's not your oldest child. It doesn't necessarily have to be a lawyer. It's the person that you trust to do what you wanted, someone you trust to understand your plan and make it happen. Usually, it's one of the daughters. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but that's it's so important. Most of the problems that people have with estate planning is this fascination people have with avoiding probate. <laughs> probate is a completely ordinary, normal, very useful process in Oregon. If you move to California, you don't want to be in probate. But in Oregon, it's a great process. It writes a full stop to a person's <clears throat> life. And at the end of the day, you end up with a judgment that, that puts an end to things. So all of the processes that people go through to avoid probate usually create problems rather than solve them.